Hello everyone, I'm very excited to welcome you all to season two of Alchemy podcast, which has a brand new name, Lab Talks, the non-fungible podcast. And today is a very exciting one. We thought we would start the new season off with a bang. Um, and it's my pleasure today to be joined by Adam Chorley, the CEO and co-founder of Alchemy. Hello. And also Paul, George and Morgan the founders of the agency. And we will go into a bit more detail on what the agency is and how it's working, the type of work it's undertaken already and what the plans are for the future. But before we do that, I really want to just kind of explain how we got to this point. And at Alchemy, we really think about the state channel as the beginnings of an ad-based ecosystem. And within an ecosystem, there are many, many organisms that are symbiotically living together to exist in this ecosystem and that is very much what we're doing here so the agency will work within the state channel effectively servicing advertisers needs whether that be web 2 from media planning media buying the strategy around which ads are placed where on which websites which audio which app all the way through to web 3 where we're lot these boys here will be speaking to many, many advertisers around how they adapt their existing strategies into Web3 based products, whether that's NFTs, whether that's minting pages, whether that's metaverses, and really start to educate the advertising business on why they need to take Web3 seriously, why they need to be using Alchemy's state channel. And I think what would be great almost straight away is if we we start with you, Paul, just some of your experience and we start at Web 2, we move through George's to Web 2.5 and then we will end with Morgan at um, Web 3 and really excited to kind of have the first ecosystem business. These boys came to us and they say, we love what you're doing. We want to service more advertisers. How do we do that? And that's kind of led us to where we are today with the three of you um, and founding the agency, as it were. Cool. Um, hi guys, uh, Paul here. Um, so essentially, yeah, so my background is in media planning and buying. I've worked at two of the largest agency opcos, uh, first of all Group M and then Dentsu. Um, and then moving into more of a programmatic planning and strategy role in the last, I say, uh, five years, uh, and then worked across two of the largest UK publishers. Um, so I've just kind of seen from a, from a programmatic tech aspect kind of the benefits to brands and advertisers and agencies alike, but essentially it's quite a, quite a creaky system. Um, and obviously speaking to the lads at Alchemy and realising kind of what they're doing in the, the blockchain space, realising how that could be a good antidote to kind of legacy programmatic tech, which like I said, it's creaking at the seams. Um, and then, yeah, then we had this fantastic idea to come together and uh, my role is very much covering kind of the Web2 sense, kind of meeting the market where it is, uh, where programmatic tech is. Um, in great in, and engaging uh, brands, um, advertisers and agencies alike. So that's me from a, a kind of Web2 aspect. Do you want to talk a little bit, Paul, about your, what was very exciting to us was your experience at Octave and kind of establishing what was a burgeoning ad format and kind of audio and kind of your work that you did over there? Yeah, so that was my previous role uh, before kind of working um, within the wider Alchemy group. Um, 
essentially there I was head of programmatic. Um, essentially, that was a tech-led and also strategy-led role. Um, what was quite interesting about audio, it was during kind of the pandemic and we saw, you know, a massive a significant increase in listenership um, and that was coupled with the proliferation of like devices, uh, you know, smartphones, um, you know, kind of digital radio. Um, the interesting thing there is still quite limiting. Uh, audio was, um, I guess, it is a single channel in itself and it had kind of single tech that was kind of running independently from the other kind of omni-channel DSPs in market. Um, but yeah, it was it was incredibly interesting, but it was quite a limiting uh, kind of medium. Um, and yeah, it was something that I saw a huge value in. But in terms of kind of multimedia campaigns, I think that having a technology that can serve kind of multimedia um, kind of forms, be it audio, be it display, be it video, and bringing those all together, and also kind of looking ahead to a Web3 sense and what that can mean for advertisers, that's something I was really excited about um, in terms of what we could uh, achieve here at Agency. Nice, very exciting. Now, George, I'll move over to you because you have a, a wealth of experience in the agency world. Um, so, yeah, if you want to talk about kind of what you've been up to over the last career. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ben. Um, so mine was a bit of a different route in, um, not traditionally with an advertising background, um, working at an agency for eight years, but more of a creative agency. Um, we partnered with Google, which is obviously a huge ad brand, but more on their kind of creative deliverables towards uh, anything from, you know, website builds to product builds. So it was a bit more product focused. Um, interestingly, though, one of our clients was um, Block One, now B1 Bullish, uh, a large ad exchange based out uh, in Hong Kong. And that really kind of got my initial interest in kind of blockchain and understanding, you know, how that could impact um, the world that we live in today. So that was a bit of a crossover for me. Mm. And I think once I started to learn a little bit more about it, it piqued my interest. I was actually an early investor in Alchemy as well. So um, watch your story and kind of watch you guys grow and see what you developed. And then that kind of piqued my interest in that opportunity. Um, what's interesting with not having that kind of advertised, traditional advertising background was the synergies from the creative world and how they kind of go together and the kind of different points of view and how we approach things are slightly different. However, working with Paul and Morgs over, you know, the past kind of six months and how we've developed the kind of product that now is the agency, um, you know, it's been really interesting and I've learned a lot along the way and I've hoped I've, you know, kind of helped the guys as well, um, kind of bring that brand to life. I was, I had the pleasure of joining you, um, what was it, maybe last month now we went over to see Haymarket, which was a is a rather large automotive publisher based out of the UK, has published titles for many, many years, I think in, since the 1800s really, where they were hand-drawing cars for their magazine covers. And I think to kind of maybe be cool to just talk, talk a little bit about what we were speaking to Haymarket about and kind of having them kind of sit in this web 2.5 space, right? And kind of that's kind of your, your bread and butter is like educating people on how to take what they know in Web 2 and bring it into Web 3 and kind of sit in the middle as Web 2.5. So yeah, kind of be awesome to just touch on that a little bit and kind of that's what we're looking to, I guess we you guys are looking to do um, more often with just any brand that's willing to or is excited about moving into the Web 3 world. Yeah, absolutely. So Paul mentioned how he's meeting the market where it is um, and there's obviously a huge opportunity in that. But um, as we move more into the Web3 world and, you know, we say that's, that it's now, it's happening, it has been happening for, for a long time. But as you touched on, there's a huge education piece. So what we were doing at Haymarket was we were um, taking the, through the evolution of kind of the web and 
how it's evolved over time and the opportunities that we, we see can, kind of coming. You know, if you were to have a chat with someone in the early 90s about the internet and them not kind of jumping on that opportunity and, you know, hitting that kind of big dot-com boom, we saw that happen. And we've also seen it happen in the app world and how, you know, the development of mobile phones and having, you know, access to apps at your fingertips and that kind of communication space, you know, we saw that boom as well. So that was, you know, kind of mid 2000s well after the iphone kind of came to light and that really kind of um you know saw the increased development in that space so that was really interesting and i i see exactly the same you know here within the web3 space so we're going to see the use of web3 blockchain technology elevate um the way that we use the internet so that's really what we're taking them through when we hold those sorts of sessions and it's really quite enlightening i think when you take them through that kind of journey of, of what's happened we've seen it happen time and time again um, and we really, you know, don't want people to miss out on this opportunity because there's going to be a lot of cool and exciting things we can create in it. So, yeah, that would really down well with Haymarket. And they're, like you've mentioned, they're a bit of more of a legacy publisher. Mm. Um, but there were, you know, we had, I think, 25 people from the um, group attend the session um, from varying backgrounds. And, yeah, I think they're really excited about the opportunity and how that could potentially, you know, um, impact and affect their business. We, I know we talked quite um, at length about how, they could leverage their NFTs to quite kind of give value back to their um, readership. So, you know, there's um, lots of different things there that we can kind of touch on. But, um, you know, uh, it's been really exciting and I feel really passionate that we're going to, you know, kind of change the way that we re view Web3. Nice. And we'll move on to Morgan, who unfortunately has had to put up with me for 17 years of his life. So give him a, give him a break. You know, <laughs> he's had to deal with me chewing his ear off forever. Uh, um, but yeah, Morgan, do you want to talk about, I mean, you have been very, very busy on kind of like really have led the charge in terms of the web three projects we've done and we've done a few now, right? It'd be awesome to kind of hear what you've been up to, my friend. Sure. So maybe just to give a bit of background of what I've been up to the last kind of 10 years is I finally started in ad tech originally. My first ever job out of uni was working for a DSP called Admido. Um, but that was in a sales executive role. So it wasn't as a creator or a developer, it was very much sales focused. And I very quickly realized that a pure sales role wasn't for me. Um, so then I kind of went away, uh, learned the fundamentals of coding, um, secured my first web design, web development job. Um, so about by the age of 24, 25, uh, I was working for uh, Dixon's Carphone. So for those of you that aren't aware of who they are, it's a big kind of um, electronic goods store similar to Best Buy in America. Um, and very quickly, uh, I was actually very fortunate there because uh, the PC World and Curry's websites, were, those were the main websites I was working on. Um, they have their own brand stores for people like Apple, uh, Fitbit, uh, Sony, all the leading brands. So pretty much my first job out the gate in the web development world, I was working with these huge clients. So um, I basically got uh, started working with very demanding clients off the bat, <laughs> you could say. Um, and yeah, pretty much for the last six or seven years, uh, I've worked at two or three different types of companies. But yeah, I've basically been working uh, with brands um, that started off on the Curry's websites that then moved on um, working for a software company which developed software for e-commerce stores so I worked with people like Versace, Reebok, um, Adidas working on their e-commerce storefronts 
Um, so yeah, that's pretty much what I have been doing. Um, some of the roles have been as a web developer, some have been as a solutions engineer. Um, the last kind of three years was running a software agency, basically um, delivering custom builds to different e-commerce clients. Um, so yeah, that's what I've been up to in a nutshell the last kind of 10 years. Um, and yeah, I've been super interested in the Web3 and crypto space. Um, and like you said, and uh, everyone now knows I've known you for a fair few years. So you <laughs> Sorry, definitely, mate. no, 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 you, you <laughs> definitely helped me get into this space as well. Just being close to you, learning what you were doing at Alchemy. That definitely is what kind of put a fire into me to learn more about this space. Um, and yeah, I just saw a huge opportunity. I saw um, I could just see that this is where brands are going to go. And there's just a huge opportunity for us to uh, be at the forefront of this new charge, essentially. Um, so, yeah. And I think what one of the coolest things about your story, Morgan, is that like you taught yourself to be a developer. You know, I think that's one of the beauties of blockchain is that it's if you have a Twitter account, you can learn about blockchain. You know, you can teach yourself whatever it is that you need to learn, you can learn about decentralized finance, you can learn about bond protocols, you can learn about trading, you can learn about NFTs from joining Discord servers, from joining Telegram groups, from reading stuff on Twitter, from kind of just putting yourself out there and kind of seeking out the information. So I think that you leading the charge on the agency's Web3 side of things is very, very fitting, kind of given your path to where you are today as a human being. So it's awesome. And I think the other thing that, we at Alchemy are very excited about, particularly as big Web2 advertising businesses are maybe struggling a little bit more than perhaps they have ever done in the past. I think Meta posted its second ever quarter of revenue loss. And there was a bit of a, a dip in the Meta share price. And also Google recently have said that search ads have really taken a dive for them recently, which is where they make all their cash you know like you'll probably would have seen if you've used google which everyone has like the the competitive nature of the ads at the top and they have worked very well for google for a long time because of something called last click attribution so if you had seen an ad on cnn let's say for a nike pair of trainers but then googled those nike pair of trainers and then clicked the ad even though you may have been kind of spurred onto that purchase through the ad that you saw on CNN, that sale is attributed to Google because they provided the last click before the purchase. And that is now changing. People have less confidence in that. It's less desirable. It's not very accurate. It's that it doesn't really give them a good picture. And I think that by or having the agency educate brands on the power of Web3, you start to kind of proliferate more Web3, more NFTs, more blockchain in what is a very attribution heavy space. You know, like Charlie and I talk a lot about how with Chandru as well, it's like, how does Alchemy provide the targeting solutions that will replace the cookies when Google finally remove them from Chrome? Kind of like the last real cookie holdout is Chrome. They've been gone for a long time in Safari device IDs have now disappeared on iOS and Android. So there needs to be someone else or something else that allows ads to be attributed in the way they have been in Web2 advertising for the last year. You know, there's been huge businesses that have been very, very successful off the back of cookies. You know, you have businesses like Critio who do retargeting, where if you've ever been on a website and you those trainers that you looked at followed you around the internet a little bit that is probably a business like Critio and that is 
something that works very well or you have businesses like Captify that do outside of Google are the biggest search retargeter ever and that is all done through third-party cookies so whenever you visit a website typically you'll see that notice like do you want to allow cookies or not and when you say yes I do that then allows the ads to be customized which is obviously very very interesting to advertisers because they can like find the right person get the right message in front of them and affect brand recall purchase intent acquisition subscriptions you name it you know like having that addressability is what made web 2 so good and yeah as i say it's very long rambling point but kind of like we <laughs> believe that there is a lot of capacity for wallets uh, web3 wallets to become an id solution of some description yeah and i think you've only got to look at uh, the pro- 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 proliferation nice, of yeah. uh, the google login i think this week i probably had to log into my google account on six different apps and two different devices every time i'm trying to get in so they're obviously trying to link devices together somehow by the by the login yeah and it's it's interesting because a web3 wallet isn't that dissimilar to a google login um obviously if you go to google search they make you log in Mm -hmm. if you use any of the apps they make you log in but essentially it's still within the browser so yeah a Web3 wallet will essentially serve the same purpose um, and provide what is essentially a device ID. Yeah. Um, but then it gives you privacy, which is mm. obviously not available through a Google login. And what's really interesting with that is there's no change in behavior. So yeah. people are happy with it. And I think this is one thing that we're really trying to do at Agency, which is no matter where you are in your journey, you might be a Morgan who is a go-getter and can learn on the fly and you know pick up skills that way. Or you might be, you know, not very kind of tax savvy and you, you don't really you know you're a bit resistant to it and so wherever you are in your journey whether that's a business or a human or whatever you know we're trying to serve that um kind of need to you know move into the to the direction in the future of the internet so you know the, the lunch and learns that we do for example we talked about earlier they're super helpful because they kind of pitch across the whole level you know if you want to really yeah. geek out and talk about web3 wallets and how that's going to be the future you've got that element but equally if you're trying to get your head around of how it might impact your business. And you talked about Critio and those other businesses currently in the market that do a great job. But once they lose that kind of power or the ability to understand who actually they're serving an ad to, you know, they're going to have to likely take up the, the Web3 wallet approach. And I think that's where we're really backing our chips at the moment is mm-hmm. that this is the future. Of, and this is a nice way to kind of replace those legacy um, technologies. Yeah, definitely. Just to um, add to George's point, I feel like, <clears throat> obviously my experience working at some of the some of the, the largest kind of agency opcos operating companies it's quite difficult for these agencies to pivot because they very much their businesses are built on kind of established kind of ways of working so for them to kind of pivot and kind of move forward and, and kind of I guess innovate for lack of a better term um, I kind of feel they'll struggle with that I, I've seen it I mean when I was at um, Dentsu I think it was the year of the year of the mobile for for over five to six years so we very much see agency as complementary to the industry um, to work collaboratively collaboratively with the larger agency groups and the independents and like I said you know handhold them and teach them and kind of work with them and uh, to use a term that uh, Ben has used previously which I absolutely love it's you know um, rising tide raises all ships so that's kind of our kind of the eth- ethos of, of the agency generative economics baby. 
Um, I guess one thing we haven't really talked about um, is how we, you know, who, who's the right, who's the person, people that we're going to be working with um, mm-hmm. or the businesses that we're going to be working with. And I guess because we've got these three distinct um, kind of service offerings, one being the Web2, which is very much that kind of uh, current programmatic advertising space. And that would be like leveraging the um, the kind of uh, state channel um, where Paul was kind of owning that space. Um, we talked a little bit about the kind of like, overlapping education piece and maybe teasing how we integrate web3 wallets or nfts within um with brands or projects or things like that and then morgan doing more of the kind of web3 native focus as well obviously it's a bit of a you know overlapping um sphere because you can kind of meet anyone or you know along this journey but ultimately you know if uh, people are interested in working with us it's you know anything from brands to you know advertising um companies and everything in between i mean i'm sure i'm missing a few off there lads but um yeah i think one guy one that you guys were talking to charlie and i about which got us quite excited was web3 brands coming back the other way oh yeah so like the example that you think you gave paul was the it was crypto.com you know i think you said they were spending like in a month 21 million dollars on i think it was when they did the staples center redo yeah, they were everywhere, weren't they? They were all over Formula One. Like it was a big old month. This was when we were very in the bull market. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, a bit different Hubris, now, sadly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, d- I know Paul. You've already had some conversations around like educating the Web three brands on programmatic advertising because it has been so effective for brands for what ten years now, and it's not something that I personally have seen done very well. So like having people come back the other way is very exciting when you think about crypto as a well it was a trillion dollar market cap you know like a lot of that market cap goes towards making people aware of these crypto brands right and i think they are missing a trick not using programmatic ad strategies very well at all yeah definitely i think this is and this is something that's um one of many products that we'll be kind of releasing and uh productizing within the agency but engaging with these kind of crypto and say blockchain type brands slash publishers um they haven't really been thinking about like a web 2 web 2.5 sense because of just the nature of their business they're very much web 3 mm-hmm. um you know very much uh, forward thinking uh brands and kind of theory, uh, ethos behind their their business strategies so What's interesting is engaging with these brands and actually talking to them around oh, from a supply aspect is like, you know, we can, our expertise are in programmatic, current programmatic technologies amongst many people within the agency and the wider Alchemy group. Um, so one thing we've been working on is how we could help productize their businesses better from a quote unquote web two sense and kind of building out kind of crypto specific supply, which is having spoken with many other DSPs and kind of uh, demand partners in the market is something that they were struggling to get access to. And that's something that we've, we've seen and we've kind of built out a, a, a burgeoning um, crypto specific marketplace of publishers, um, which is something that's quite unique to agency that we can offer. Um, and that is just growing, you know, day by day, the more publishers we speak to. I think, sorry, sure. I think I was just going to say I think it's quite interesting when we started like the kind of marketing journey that we went on Mm -hmm. is it is very different and unique but there isn't as you said that kind of 
more traditional version of marketing it's it's very much like amas there's a lot of sponsored posts mm-hmm. i know there's been a lot about bitboy recently and his uh his sponsored posts and things but i think there's it's it's strange that that is just seemingly a bit of a blind spot and i don't know whether yeah. it's because it's quite a technical aspect and does take a bit of learning and even finding the right contacts is not actually that easy. Um, it's, it's, if you're in the space, you know those people, it is a lot easier. But if you're coming from outside, I, I don't even know where you'd necessarily start. So I think it's quite interesting that there's True. been those kind of other other marketing techniques used, but not one of the most powerful and kind of ubiquitous, really. And that's what's quite interesting as well. Like if we consider ourselves as a bit of like a synergy creator between these two worlds, mm-hmm. you know, we can ultimately connect them. Um, and as... Ben and Paul mentioned, you know, wherever we join in this kind of circle, you know, we can either funnel back towards the web because, you know, web two is not dead. You know, there's still yeah. and, and we're not saying that either. We're seeing the opportunity from both sides and that ultimately we can kind of connect them. Your business is going to do better wherever you kind of join us on your journey. Um, so, yeah, there's definitely a huge opportunity in funneling backwards as well and leveraging that um, programmatic technology. Yeah, I think the, the programmatic ad market, and these are rough figures. I'm not sure exactly where I read this, but it's going to be $550 billion this year. And it's actually still grown a little bit, even in light of the macro landscape. And I think by 2027, that number will be $840 billion. And I think that is actually projected off the back of like existing Web2 brands. You know, like if the NFT craze of earlier this year is anything to go by, there's some brands that don't exist now that will be born in web three. I'm kind of thinking of like doodles or bored apes, you know, like they were web three brands born in web three that have created huge community, fanatically huge communities that show up to events and they talk about the PFP kind of creating a culture around it, which is I think honestly what crypto was missing It's helped it become much, much more mainstream is NFTs because now Starbucks has an NFT based loyalty program. Nike have made nearly $200 million off their artifact acquisition and subsequent NFT series they've released. Tiffany, a, a very, very, I mean, like not even a web one brand, you're like a manufacturer yeah. made a ton of money partnering with CryptoPunks, you know, like there's just brands that don't exist that you guys can go and teach how to advertise, how to market, how to kind of integrate different parts of different parts of technology into what they do on a daily basis i know like one of the first things that morgan came in and did was built an nft gated swag store which i know you're quite excited about releasing yeah so um that's probably a nice little segue just to kind of mention that's where i'm super excited um so my background has primarily been with well focused on e-commerce and you you just mentioned that uh doodles and bored apes are Mm -hmm. doing some really interesting things and what we're starting to see across the board in e-commerce is um, more focused drops. So rather than keeping stable stock levels, selling Monday to Friday, mm-hmm. uh, you can see big brands like Supreme or those kind of sweet streetwear brands. Uh, they're focusing on on big drops um, and building that anticipation and uh, having a limited amount of stock. Um, that seems to be the trend in how to sell clothes. And what better thing to marry that up with than an NFT? Yeah. Um, so there's two ways to look at this. Um, you can NFT gate your e-commerce store. So say if uh, 
Alchemy released some swag. Um, you can only purchase that swag if you have uh, the, the correct NFT in your wallet. Um, that's one way to look at it. It sounds like some alpha. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Mm. Um, <laughs> but what's what's super interesting for me um, is it's a brand new revenue stream for these big brands because they're not only just making money off the clothes, they can now make NFT projects. They can then sell them to their community. So they're making money that way. And then they can make money on, on secondary market royalties. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just a whole new revenue stream for these big e-commerce brands. Um, so that is really my focus. I, I've been doing some NFT projects, which have been amazing. It's been such a great learning experience. But my big focus now is uh, is marrying that with some big blue chip e-commerce brands because there's so much money to be made for them. Um, and there's not really anyone doing it just yet. So yeah. uh, we're, we're pretty early to it. And I think like what is pretty profound about that is that if you, uh, let's use Starbucks as loyalty scheme. And I don't know this for certain. It's just what we've theorized in the many conversations that the five of us have had is that by positioning their loyalty program on a blockchain and they are the creators of that, they receive royalties for any value that is generated and transferred within parties that are in their loyalty program right so prior to that and that and the loyalty program is a marketing exercise you know like come to starbucks every day and you will get free shit you know like that's kind of what it's saying that up until now would have been for, and this is true for any business you know like those kind of promotions loyalty schemes when you're giving stuff away for free is a cost center you know that's like costing you money to do that but then by being able to essentially become the the payment layer as the owner of the NFT contract that is supporting whatever loyalty scheme that exists, they start to kind of get back some of the costs around their marketing. And I think for any business, marketing is essential and expensive. So if you can make money back from marketing, it's a game changer, right? Like if you, if you like, let's say you, you're spending $10 million on your marketing every year. You manage to earn $10 million in royalties from people using that marketing activity. Your marketing for that year costs you $0, you know, and like running a business, you live and die by your P&L. And I think having that marketing side of things taken care of by people interacting with your marketing campaigns is like going to completely change the way people think about marketing campaigns. And I think the agency leading the charge on that, educating brands on how best to fold this into their Web3 strategy, but then kind of bring it full circle back to their Web2 advertising really means that we can, and the Royal We, the agency, can go out and just capture huge brands, big budgets, use Alchemy's infrastructure to trade more efficiently, more effectively, more transparently, being able to attribute better because they can see all the information from these new shiny ad products they're creating is only going to mean better products, better value for money for the customer, kind of just improves everything in general. I mean, even the fact that if you're getting a better ad performance, you will have fewer ads on the internet, you know, like there's some really bad offenders when you go on the website and it's like ad, 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 content, ad, 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 you know, it's just like, A, that is slowing down your internet browser, it's creating a lot of carbon emissions, you know, but like by making that more effective using the state channel that we're building, 
all of those problems kind of dissipate, you know, and disappear and everything becomes more effective. So um, I think when you think about the sort of day-to-day of a CMO, right, um, they have to do everything from like marketing their brand to like doing creative executions to uh, future prospects, right? So I guess if, if I'm a CMO of a company and I, and I come to the agency, what does that kind of look like as a sort of user journey? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, uh, and I guess, you know, um, leaning into what Morgs was talking about earlier about being a bit of an e-commerce expert, if we say you have a product, right, you could come to us with a product and a, a marketing budget, new product to, to sell. Um, and it's a physical product that you, you sell to people. Um, what we, we could do is we could, uh, we can come up with, with a campaign for that, you know, a traditional kind of marketing campaign, you know, maybe something guerrilla, you know, you know, to get people a little bit more excited. But we could then couple that with um, an NFT release as well. So to, with that um, campaign, there could be kind of a, a pre-release of NFTs and that gets you early access to the product, for example. So not only do we then add excitement around that launch, we then give, you know, value back to your consumers as well. We give them something tangible and there's utility with that NFT as well. So that gets them, you know, 24-hour early access to the product that you're, you're going to buy, for example. And then when we talk about that kind of full ecosystem, so you've kind of touched that kind of Web 2.5 world, you've got more absolutely executing the Web 3 NFT release with, you know, um, a, uh, a landing page, a minting site, that whole kind of sphere. And then we can funnel them back around, you know, to, to pull, to then, you know, push them, push them through the state channel, um, serve ads off the back of that. So it's anyone, you know, if, you, if you've got a product, if you've got an idea, we can, we can bring that to life and we can service it across that whole sphere that we've been kind of talking about over the kind of last 30 minutes. Um, lads, I probably missed a couple of bits across there, but uh, feel free to jump in if you think um, uh, I've missed anything. No, I think I think that was a pretty good roundup. Uh, maybe just one thing to drill home is that these NFT projects is a new revenue driver for you as well. So you are going to be earning more money off the initial sale of them or minting of them and the uh, secondary market sales as well. Um, so yeah, I just really want to drive that point home that this is a new revenue driver for you kind of Web 2, Web 2.5 brands that haven't entered this sphere yet. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's, that's actually really interesting, Ben. I know you were talking about earlier about like that kind of initial cost and normally marketing mm. costs would be you know, considered as like a, a sunk cost. You know, you have to spend big to win big and now you add that added, added layer, which is a marketing tool in itself, which, you know, it's a brand awareness thing, you know, brand affiliation by, you know, giving your consumers an NFT and then they're able to, you know, they're going to pay for it as well. So you're almost offsetting that cost and potentially, you know, Net, you know, net neutral on your um, spend when you when you work with us so we see that as a huge opportunity driver and you know it's yeah. um I, I think we called out a few things that have happened before with like nike and some mm-hmm. successful projects but yeah it's, it's really interesting and really exciting and in terms of uh sort of projects that have been done before by the agency i know this is like the official launch but you guys have been in stealth mode for a little while now just putting the feelers out meeting people in market, kind of getting their gauge on everything. I know the response has been really positive and you have actually run some um, NFT projects already. Yeah, so maybe I'll go first. There's definitely some that I can't quite talk about, but you will see with the launch of the new agency website. Um, The primary one that I can kind of talk about is uh, the Jacob Philander NFT series. So uh, Jacob Philander is a worldwide renowned Swedish artist. Uh, He's collaborated with H&M, Google. Uh, He's 
goes to Art Basel every year. Um, great guy. Uh, he's been deep into kind of metaverse art for a while or for, for as long as it's been around for. Um, so yeah, we have developed his NFT series. That's looking to drop um, within hopefully the next month. They haven't been desperate to launch just yet because the NFT market is uh, a little bit quiet, I would say. But um, coming up to Christmas, there's good indicators that it's picking back up. Um, so that's looking to launch on uh, Solana. So there is a launch pad. Actually, I don't want to disclose which one just yet. We're, we're still actually deciding between launch pads. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for that. Um, and that's going to come with a bunch of different utility that um, we'll probably kind of go through on a different podcast. Um, and then I guess me and George can both talk to, to Knock Pay or Knock Group. Um, we've been doing a bunch of stuff for them. So uh, actually, it's probably better if George just talks about the Web 2.5, the kind of branding, the white paper. If you want to jump in there, feel free. Yeah, sure. So um, Knock Group, Knock Pay. Um, the reason why we're doing between the two is I think initially it was um, a Knock Pay, but um, as the idea grew, um, it expanded. And just to give you a little background of, of what that even is, um, so um, uh, a chap called Greg Cussell, um, he has come up with a fantastic idea to um, basically um, try and um, empower Africa through uh, basically kind of merging um, decentralized and centralized finance. So um, that's where NOCPAY kind of came from. And uh, the really the kind of pain points behind um, the, the, the problem really was that you could, Africa as um, a continent, um, it's really like difficult to transfer um, money between different countries. You know, you might be neighbors with someone um, and it's just not quite, you know, like the European Union where you've got that centralized euro anything like that so there was lots of pain points um as well and i think you know not everyone having a computer but people having smartphones they're trying to really enable and push that kind of um you know being able to have control of your finances in your pocket so um it's a, a really big idea but a really awesome proposition um greg has all the contacts um and everything set in place but he came to us with um a, a big ask but he wants to kind of design design the brand and build out the brand for for him so we took him through kind of a, a branding proposition workshop just to understand like kind of what, where he wanted this to go. Um, we did some research behind the back of that and through various different sessions, we managed to build out the brand for him. We built, um, built, uh, designed out his white paper, refined that, and also um, given him like a landing site for people to register interest. But this is really early apples um, in this opportunity and there's going to be, you know, probably deserves a whole podcast itself. Um, as Morg said, but, you know, just an example of, you know, if you're um, a startup and you've got an awesome idea and we, we kind of back it, we would love to, you know, incubate you guys and, you know, take, you know, take you on your journey or, you know, help you just, you know, take it to the next level and make it, you know, a real life, you know, visual uh, or digital product. So, yeah, it's been really exciting working with them and, um, yeah, expect big things. Um, yeah, Morgs, I'm sure, again, I'm sure I missed a couple of bits no, off there. Nailed it. No, I think you actually wrapped what their proposition really well in a few sentences. I'm kind of happy I handed that over to you because <laughs> I wouldn't have done it as well. Um, no, you, you nailed it. Uh, and like you said, it, it's early days. Uh, one thing to mention is they have hired us uh, basically as their full-time contractors as well. So pretty much for the foreseeable future, we will be developing all their uh, Web 2, Web 2.5 and Web 3 content, whether that's websites, NFT projects, apps. Um, so yeah, we're 
we're, we're full tilt on uh, not group for sure for a while. Um, Having seen the uh, white paper, I'm very jealous because Oz is just plain white with a logo at the top. <laughs> yeah. It now just looks like really like Web 1, not even Web 2. <laughs> Where were you guys 18 months ago? <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I guess one thing I'd add to that is um, we've had some really interesting conversations with, like I said, the larger agency groups um, that have existing relationships with you know some of the the largest kind of global brands um activating various markets globally um and what we're seeing is we're seeing interest in you know questions being asked around kind of what high nfts what's the utility behind them so and this is proactive questions about us actually actively going to market and actually engaging with those brands within those agencies. So already we can see from the success from, from what the chaps have done with the likes of NotPay and the other brands that they've mentioned is that some of these more legacy brands in market that you know do pump significant uh, amounts of their kind of marketing and media budgets into programmatic tech or more traditional media, these brands are, you know, they're starting to knock on our door and actually ask questions around kind of what is Web3, Metaverse, you know, these kind of buzzwords have been flung around in there through different, you know, companies in the last kind of year or so. And that's why we're really well positioned to kind of educate them on that. So yeah, it's quite interesting and humbling to have these brands kind of ask these questions. And this again, to bring it back to kind of what uh, George and uh, Morgz were saying is that it's that kind of full service ecosystem, what we can offer f uh, from the agency for these brands. I think um, as well, it's uh, it's important to sort of understand the the where we are along that adoption curve, right? It's like the reason that we are doing all of these things all at the same time is because we're we are transitioning. It's I think there's that uh, adoption curve uh, line and. Compared to the internet, it's the equivalent of like 97, 98 right now. So we're about to go into the dot-com boom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we're ready to ride that wave. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's what we're here for. We're poised and, and ready for you. Yeah, and I think it's and that's why it's important to have all these elements and, and make all those things available to CMOs so they can actually have a holistic Web3 plan and be Web3 ready. Exactly. I just want to maybe just kind of round off because uh, myself, George and Paul have worked with a wide variety of clients from everywhere, whether that is uh, from branding, website building, programmatic. Uh, I just want to say that we are open to doing uh, lunch and learns with all of you guys. So uh, please reach out to one of us. Um, and yeah, we're more than happy to come into your office and educate your team um, and kind of tell you more about what we're up to. Exactly. That's the plug, agency.com. It will be in the link in the bio. Make sure you check it out. Um, check out our sexy new website too. We can build one like that for you too, if you like. Yeah. Nice. Come and speak to the agency, boys. Yeah, and I think uh, just to round off, um, I, I you know, one of those like, what's your favourite questions? But uh, what, what would be your favourite uh, NFT project that you've seen? I 100% like the potatoes um, only because you guys got me into it so I can't claim it or no sorry wrong, wrong answer Alex the alchemist uh, so, yeah. uh, I was wondering who was going to do that <laughs> now the potatoes they look cool I just need to uh, save up to afford one um I'm going to have to say the Jennyco NFT project. Um, I'm not sure which agency's done it. I have a little insider knowledge on it. Um, it's coming out soon. <laughs> and I think that's probably the best NFT project I've seen. Oh, that so sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Great cool. with the plugs. Great yeah. with the plugs. Yeah. <laughs> I'd have to be honest. I'd say it was the, uh, the kind of the version two of Alexa, the alchemist that, that Morgz, you brought. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, 
I, I saw this project um, kind of very early on when I started working with you boys and I was absolutely amazed about what was created and yeah, it was fantastic. Appreciate That's it. essentially what got me really excited about NFTs and, and blockchain. Appreciate it. Also, I did think for a moment there you might ask what people thought of Tottenham, but we'll, we'll let that one go. Um, <laughs> thank you everyone for tuning in to the new series of Lab Talks, the non-fungible podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to us if there's any specific topics you'd like for us to talk about, any NFT series that a brand has done that you'd like us to pick apart, really just anything and everything related to advertising, Web 2, Web 2.5, Web 3, infrastructure, distributed ledgers, please just ask us and we'll do our best to do a podcast and talk about it. So thank you very much for listening in. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. I've seen where I need to sit. So. <laughs>